0: taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond Seventh Wave Network
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews Over the next hour... You'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews.
2: Yes, listeners, according to our guest today, you can turn stressful times into an opportunity for growth, for building resilience, and for humor. Loretta LaRoche teaches that we can use humor to reframe a stressful situation. Loretta is an international stress management and humor consultant whose wit and irreverent humor has for over 30 years raised the humor potential in all of us. She's the founder and president of the Humor Potential Incorporated, a company that offers programs and products for lifestyle management. Organizations worldwide use her prescription for laughter to manage stress in the workplace and improve morale. She's on the Mass General Advisory Council for Anxiety and Depression and was recently awarded the National Humor Treasure Award. Her special brand of optimistic psychology has an incontestable positive effect on the health of all that are exposed to her humor. She's authored seven books, The Joy Journal, Happy Talk, Relax, You May Only Have a Few Minutes Left, Life is Not a Stress Rehearsal, Life is Short, Wear Your Party Pants, Squeeze the Day, Kick Up Your Heels Before You're Too Short to Wear Them, and her newest book, Lighten Up, The Authentic and Fun Way to Lose Your Weight and Your Worries. Loretta, welcome to Authentic Living, and thank you so much for taking of your time and energy to give to our listeners.
0: Oh, thank you. I'm exhausted from all the things I've, you told me i had done. <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: all right, well, hang with us for a little bit longer <laughs> because we've got some important questions to ask you. You know, we take life so seriously, especially during particularly stressful times like the current financial crisis. Right. On the other hand, we hear so many of our spiritual leaders telling us to just let go, which most of us find very hard to do. So how do we stop taking life so seriously but at the same time hold on to some kind of effective plan for life?
0: Well, I don't think you can swing the pendulum from one place to the other. I think I love a phrase that um, I started taking racquetball (laughs) later in life, Mm -hmm. much to the chagrin of my my knees. Right. And um, this coach said to me you know you have to play with relaxed intensity and i i really think that that's the way we have to lead our lives you know we relax but be in the flow be in the flow of life but also manage to uh hold on to your values your ideas your passions and your goals with some intensity because otherwise you're a blob <laughs> you just can't let go and
2: and and do nothing. Right, right. And I think that's a confusing point for a lot of people, but that's a real good way to put it, relaxed intensity. That's good. Okay, so you speak of our collective absurdity and crazy-making lifestyle. What do you mean by that?
0: Well, I think, by and large, uh, we've turned into a nation of nutbags. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, there isn't anything that isn't examined Uh, You know, it's almost like we've become a bunch of uh, cells that are in a microscope being under a microscope being uh, studied by scientists. We no longer can just enjoy life. You know, everything you eat, you have to discuss it. You have to see if it's okay for you. You you know, people have to go on these special programs to enjoy their food. Um, Relationships have to be studied. um, Everything. Everything, and then something will be said, and weeks later it's rescinded and said, oh, don't pay, pay attention to that. That's that's fine for you. Right. So I think people have lost their, their ability to just enjoy life because it's all so serious, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have some blueberries, you have to make sure you have enough blueberries. What if you forget to eat your blueberries? because you've
2: found out that it helps memory. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Can't forget what helps your memory, right. Okay, so we're just kind of absurd in the way that we're just living out of fear, it sounds like.
0: Well, I think so. And if you look at the spiritual leaders, particularly, you know, one of my favorites is the Dalai Lama. Mm. He's always laughing. Right. He doesn't take... He fa- takes things seriously, but he still is able to laugh a lot.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: My friend Joan Borisenko calls me the jolly llama.
2: I love it. That's great. <laughs> that's great. All right. So, all right, speaking of jolly, you know, people talk about, you talk about joy, I talk about joy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's just, that's a word we we don't hear much in corporate America. What is joy oh. and how does one get it?
0: I've been in and out of corporate America for years, and um, I I think people certainly uh, do have fun while they're working. I've met a lot of fun-filled people, but I think being involved in a structured organization lends itself to uh, a bit more seriousness, don't you? It's a lot different than being a jazz musician Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah,
0: Um, or being a circus clown. Right. When you go into work, you have to sort of punch a time clock. You go in a certain hour, you leave at a certain hour unless, you know, you're
2: there as a consultant or something. Right. And there's a certain protocol you have to follow and all that.
0: So I think unless you've really got the biology and the propensity to want to be joyous, you get trapped in this kind of prison arrangement.
2: (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You
0: know the cell opens. You go in. It's locked, and then you're in there till somebody lets you out. at five o'clock.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So I know for myself, I could never do it. That's why I chose my my life's passion and my work is. You know, I don't I don't have to uh, go someplace every day and be in the same sort of scenario all the time because that would be the death knell of my spirit. And I think a lot of people don't know what kills their spirit. And so they just kind of willy-nilly go along and don't realize that a lot of the stress that's occurring in their body and mind is is probably because they're not doing what they possibly
2: were meant to do or want to do. Right. Couldn't agree more with that. Couldn't agree more. So when you talk about people having fun in the, some fun Fun havers in the in, in the corporate world is that the same as joy? Is joy and fun are those synonyms?
0: You know, it's like splitting hairs, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm I'm having I'm joyous when I'm having fun, and when I'm uh, when I'm a uh, joyful, I'm I'm having fun, right? right. So <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know the exact definition of of, of both of those. Right. And I, because I don't see fun as a programmed activity. I think a lot of people look at fun as programmed. I think life ought to be fun. I think you ought to be the fun you're seeking. Become the fun you're seeking instead of looking for the fun. And you probably ultimately will be joyous a lot of the time. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the reason I ask that question is there's so many people who are spiritual seekers out there who... You know joy is bliss, and unless you're blissed out, you're not really joy in joy and and i i I have a curiosity about that myself and wonder how much of that is just curiosity instead of joy.
0: well I think there's a lot of people who are um so called on the path of spirituality that take themselves incredibly seriously, don't you Mhm, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> You know, if you're going to ponder your navel for most of your life, um, how much lint can you extrapolate? Really?
2: Really? <laughs> you know?
0: Absolutely. Uh, I, I don't think this is, it, you should take that, that path so seriously. Yeah, yeah. I think the spiritual person is one that is engaged in life and having fun. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's it's not spoken to very often, is it? No, it isn't in the world of, of the spirit. Right.
2: It isn't. It, it It is taken very seriously, and there seems to be such a precaution about doing the right thing or the wrong thing, and there's so much fear and stress about that. that I
0: know. My God, what if I don't meditate for 15 minutes, you know? Really? I don't know. I might be taken away by the meditation police. <laughs> That's
2: right. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> so lightening up means just not taking all that so seriously, and then maybe we have a little room in there for joy.
0: Well, I think you'd have a lot more room for joy. Yeah, yeah. And 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 make your meditation your life. You know what you're doing, Mm -hmm. minute by minute, instead of always having to program yourself a certain way um, to either chant or meditate or whatever you're doing. Right, right. I don't have that much time to make all these time frames for certain things,
2: do you? Yeah, and it's, you know, it's almost like we're we're all about that. We're all about trying to figure out how I can manage my life in a way that isn't really about life.
0: I know, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm planning to have a life someday, but right now I'm just going to, not going to have one. Right. Like when I get over all this stuff, then I'll finally enjoy myself.
2: hmm Yeah, when I get over myself, I'll finally enjoy myself. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I think the best self-help book would call be called "I'm My Own Fault."
2: (laughs) I love it. That's great. (laughs) That's great. Yep, and it's so true. So you've been called the goddess of guffaw. What overall philosophy do you hold that sort of allows you to laugh when everyone else seems to be stressed out?
0: Well, I certainly don't laugh in the midst of suffering and despair, or and I and I don't take for granted that. Uh, people are going through hard times. Yeah. Um, But there are people that are, you know, hard times are part of life, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And there's an ebb and flow to life. You know, I always tell people, you don't have to worry about suffering. You'll get your turn. (laughs) Um, Don't practice in advance. Right. And I I saw, I was a small child when it, it happened I don't want people to think I'm ancient Methuselah, but I can remember uh, the tail end of the Depression. Mm -hmm. You know, my grandparents talking about going out and getting sugar and standing in line. And uh, nobody had a job. My mother was the only one who was working, and she used to get everybody jobs who who were in the family. And people lived on very little. But I have to say there was a lot of laughter. And we're in a culture that has more than, than anyone in the world, and yet they have this uh, research they do on misery in, in different countries, and we are flipping down the slippery slope of misery
3: more and more every year.
2: Right. right. Let's talk about that some more right after the break. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Andrea Matthews with Authentic Living, sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology.
0: Awakened Media for a Transforming World,
3: Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance. To trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, AIHT. It was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love.
0: When I found out my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, Reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, Thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans.
1: So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns and more
0: coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals killing thousands of plant species, some of which may contain vaccines for HIV, cancer,
1: and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops.
3: Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension.
0: Seventh Wave Network.
2: We're back with Loretta Roach today. This is Andrea Matthews, and uh, we were talking during the break about the insanity that's all around us, and I wanted to ask you, you've got a book out about Juicy Living. What do you mean by Juicy Living?
0: Well, it's the name uh, of my PBS show that's coming out in August. Okay. It's called Juicy Living, Juicy... Uh, juicy Aging, Juicy Living, or
2: Juicy Living, Juicy Aging. Wonderful.
0: Um, I, It's really a a look at how we can get through life in in a more exciting, passionate way. Okay. And, you know, I was thinking the other day, isn't it sad that there is no representation of people probably over the age of 60 on television?
2: Hmm.
0: You don't see any shows featuring women uh, or even men that age. Well, like you know if maybe there's a sprinkling here or there but there's there's not a not a whole lot of evidence to show that people of that age are alive yeah <laughs> but yet all the commercials are driven to medications that people that age would take but they're also represented by people who are younger sure. even the depends commercial has a 35 or 40 year old advertising depends <laughs> Yep. I mean, it's, it's bizarre. It's like once you get to be a certain age, you're not supposed to be juicy anymore.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But juicy living really starts when you're younger. It starts when, you know, you've got to start taking care of yourself. You've got to have uh, a passion for living and seek out the right people to be with. Right. It doesn't happen, all, you know, all of a sudden you're 50 and think, you know, God, I better take care of myself. <laughs>
2: Yep, yep, yep. Kind of late then, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Right. Okay, so, and we've just got a few more minutes to talk to Loretta today. She's going to leave at the half, uh, at the ne- end of the next segment. And I, so I want to spend a little bit of time talking about your latest book, Lighten Up, because I have a, uh, uh, you know, we all think of that uh, authentic and fun way to lose your weight and your worries. Oh, oh yes. Like losing I weight and fun, this. oxymorons.
0: I had to write this book because. I am just going to go crazy if I see one more diet book uh, (laughs) telling people to eat certain things at certain hours and to eliminate other foods because, uh, you know, they're the work of the devil or something. Right. It's like sugar became the antichrist for a while. Fat, carbohydrates. I mean, it's always some food that has to be totally eliminated in order for people to lose weight.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And they recently came out. With four studies on different weight loss programs that showed unequivocally that that the thing that makes you lose weight is to eat less and to move more, but nobody wants to hear that.
2: yeah, I wonder what that is. Why don't we like to hear that?
0: Because it's too easy it''s it's it's, it's easy yet it's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, if I think that I have to go on some program, I can blame the program. I can say, "Oh, I did that, it didn't work." Right, good point. (laughs) Well, it's not that it didn't work. You didn't work at doing it. Right. Because if you eat less, the obvious thing is that you're taking in less energy than your body needs, so you're going to get rid of some of the excess poundage. And that's not to say you shouldn't eat well. You know, healthy, healthier foods. I don't think eating a side, uh, you know, of elk is a good idea for lunch.
2: Then <laughs> 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 moving, moving is something we resist too. Moving more, oh, uh, eating less, and moving is more.
0: Mind-boggling to me. There is nothing to me that is more exhilarating than than to be able to move, move through through the air, move the, down the stairs, up the stairs, and you know. It's resonating with me more and more how important this is because my mother is ninety-eight. She's in a nursing home, and she can't even get out of a chair anymore. And of course, she's failing. But at the same time, um, it, it just drives it home that I want to move as much as I can while I can. Right. You know, to hold that 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 wonderful thought. You know, let's let's get up and and get going. Because we're going to lay down a long time, you know. That's why it says rest in peace. <laughs> right.
2: Well, you know, and I think about um, you know I'm a therapist, so I think about what that does to the mind when we're when we're moving. What is that? What's happening in the mind? There's even therapists who do body work. It's all about movement and what comes up in the mind when we're moving.
0: Well, even more importantly, the science now shows that the brain grows something called BDNF, which is analogous to miracle Grow, which makes the dendrites sprout and the connections get better, and so memory improves and may actually help prevent Alzheimer's. So why in God's name wouldn't you want to move? Yeah, yeah. So easy when you're little, isn't it? People have to tell you to sit down. Sit down. Stop it. Right.
2: Right. Yeah, something happens in there after we get a, a you know,
0: when Then they get a certain age and people say, get up for God's
2: sake. Yeah, maybe we started <laughs> listening to all those people who said sit down and shut up.
0: I think so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe. All right, so basically what you're trying depressing. to teach is that people can master their bodies and their minds with this kind of thing. Pardon me? What you're teaching is that people can master their bodies and their minds in a way that really does make life a lot lighter.
0: Well, you know, when you see the, the fact that people uh, can help themselves with depression through moving, moving, and, you know, it doesn't have to be this onerous term, I'm going to exercise. You know, just move around. Put some music on. Dance around your house. Um, buy a pedometer. Put it on as, as soon as you wake up and see if you can get to 10,000 steps by the end of the day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You can do that talking on the phone. Or walking around your yard or taking a walk know right. so there's many ways to get to the to the place that's helpful,
2: but uh, people resist you know it's it's crazy mhm, mhm, we resist the very things that would make us laugh more that would make us happier that would make us more peaceful and all that
0: i I think so i I think that um most people like to whine. <laughs> You know, I have a bumper sticker that says, Stop Global Whining.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I used to know somebody who would say, who would ask when his uh, employees came to see him, they, he would ask, Do you want some wine with that cheese?
0: Exactly. <laughs> or get the wambulance Wah, wah. Right, right. Uh, you know, I think it takes courage to be happy. Hmm. And it, it's easy to, to wake up and be negative. Uh, unless, of course, you're compromised biologically. You know, as a therapist, you know that there are people who definitely have biological tendencies towards depression.
2: Right. But even then, there's a lot of negative thinking that we can work with.
0: Absolutely. Thinking, mm-hmm. thinking. Thinkin', I think the AA people call it.
2: That's right. They do. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. And and if you can, if it, when I work with people who are depressed, and we talk about the negative thinking that goes with that. They end up very often laughing at themselves when they really get it. What they're saying to themselves all day.
0: Well, I I've taught that quite often that we really have a sitcom in our head, but we 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 haven't been able to see it. <laughs> you know, we are the joke, but we don't get it.
2: Right.
0: There's an awful lot of funny things that uh, run around in the mind, aren't there?
2: Right. Right. I have a friend who uh, goes through is going through a particularly stressful time, and she's decided to name it after a sitcom just so she can laugh about it.
0: Well, eventually yesterday's tragedy becomes today's comedy. Absolutely. If it isn't horrific.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But, you know, driving in, in in traffic is not a mugging.
2: <laughs> I don't know about that now, Lorraine. <laughs> it feels feel like a mugging. <laughs>
0: Well, I I love the things that people say, you know. Um, My ex-husband used to, as soon as he got in the car and there was a few cars on the road, he'd say, where did all these cars come from? i said, well, it's a road. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't like that, we should go back and just go up and down the driveway.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. That's right.
0: But that's what people say. They come out with crazy statements Mm -hmm. that are, in fact, very funny, but when you're in the throes of trying to be right, it's hard to see humor, isn't it?
2: hmm And that trying to be right is a big deal, isn't it?
0: Isn't it? Yep. You know, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy?
2: <laughs> really? Good question. That's right. And it comes down to that so many times. I mean, even when I'm working with couples, it's like, all right, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? I mean, mm-hmm. let's do this. Oh, uh, the
0: couple thing must be brutal.
2: Oh, well actually no it's 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 a lot of fun. I really enjoy it, but it is it does get to that humorous place where you start thinking about what you're you're doing and you kind of laugh at yourself.
0: Well, I meant from the perspective of two people trying to negotiate you know through life it's it's a tough one, especially yeah. if you haven't figured out that your partner should have similar values, right. and I think so many people get together and never look at their values.
2: That's true. Loretta, thank you so much for being on our show today. I'm sure our, our listeners have benefited from coming. I, mean, I really appreciate you taking Oh,
0: listen, time. this was great and I wish you so much success.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. 7th Wave Network. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh, oh uh, uh. There you go.
1: You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1 888 200 4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council.
3: I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust, and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, AIHT, it was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love.
0: Awakened Media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network.
1: You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll-free. 866 472 5795 That's one 866 472 You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
2: Welcome back. This is Andrea Matthews with Authentic Living. We just got through talking with Loretta LaRoche. Uh, She had to go early today, but uh, I want to talk a little bit more about humor. And let's talk first about how it affects your health, because there's certainly a lot of information out there about how it can affect our health. Hara Murano wrote an article about humor and your health in Psychology Today that tells us that laughter does all of the following things. It reduces pain, and it allows us to tolerate discomfort better. It reduces blood sugar levels, increasing glucose tolerance in diabetics and non-diabetics. It improves job performance, especially in those jobs that require creativity. It's considered to be the glue of really good marriages. It synchronizes the brains of the speaker and the listeners so that they're emotionally attuned to each other. It establishes or restores a positive emotional climate and a sense of connection between two people. It even brings people together. It helps your blood vessel vessels function better, and it helps the heart and brain to function better. So you see, there's a whole lot going on every time you laugh. Endorphins kick in, and as as Loretta told us, it increases the BDNF level. It um, makes the dendrites sprout. It allows us to um, reduce the possibility of Alzheimer's. So we're we're talking about something that can really help us. It doesn't cost any money, and it's free. Well, it doesn't cost any money, and it's free, but it's also easy. It's uh, it's one of those things that we can do every day, but we don't think that we can do it unless something external happens that allows us or sort of gives us permission to do it. We are, as as Loretta said, we should become the joy we seek instead of seeking joy. And I think that's so very important because if we talk about fun as being equivalent to joy, and that's one of the conversations we also have with Loretta, that we take our our spirituality so seriously that we forget that fun and joy can be synonymous and and so many times we think of joy uh, as fun as just frivolous whereas joy is the bliss you get from meditation or the bliss you get from connection to your higher power or whatever that is for you and so uh but what we're discovering is that just laughter all by itself brings us closer to something that's real inside of us and something that um, can bring us to uh, to ourselves in a truer way, to our authenticity, to our truest joy. Um, so it obviously affects our health, but we're waiting for it to happen to us instead of letting it happen as we go through our days. There's a lot of things every day that are humorous, if we'll think about it. Uh, I'm a therapist, and I work with sad people and depressed people and anxious people and troubled people all day, every day. And yet I, I find even in the midst of those things a lot of humor. And That doesn't mean I'm sitting there laughing or guffawing at my clients, but it does mean that I'm, I'm enj- appreciating the humor that is behind the antics that we pull on ourselves and on each other uh, because it can really be very, very funny. And as Loretta just said, we are our own sitcom. We absolutely are. And if you can look back over life experiences that at one point were so serious and now that you laugh at those things, then... I think we can know that really the humor was there all along. We just didn't see it. It's all about how we perceive things. so checking in with your perception of how you view life, is it either very serious and dark and and uh, troubling or 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 is there any room in there for some levity, some lightness, some not taking it so seriously uh, And one of the things I think that can get us into the most trouble, so to speak, with regard to not allowing ourselves any room for levity is is this idea that she mentioned about right and wrong. We're so busy trying not to do something wrong, and we think that means we're doing something right, that we're just all uh, tense all the time. Our bodies are tense, our minds are tense. That's our programming. We must be right. Especially those of us who are spiritual seekers, we tend to, to buy into that idea that rightness is everything. But then, of course, it's not just spiritual seekers. It's a lot of other people. For example, as we mentioned uh, in the previous 30 minutes, uh, when you're talking to couples, so many times couples fight because one of them, both of them think they're right and the other person is wrong. And that becomes the, the reason that fight escalates and escalates and escalates and escalates because nobody can prove the other one wrong. And so they keep trying and trying and trying. And it, it, it can get quite humorous. The truth is neither one of them are right and neither one of them are wrong. They just have different perceptions about a given reality or a given circumstance or whatever. So that needs to be honored, that being able to listen to somebody else's perception and then have your own perception and then see, you know, where you can fit those in with each other. But we take that so seriously. No, I'm right. She's wrong. No, I'm right. He's wrong. And that's we make a lot of misery for ourselves that way. So right and wrong, whether it's uh, seen in spiritual terms or whether it's seen in secular terms, can be a big problem because we're so caught up in that agenda that we don't make much room for any other lightening up agenda. And so I would ask you to challenge yourself to to see where you can make a little room in, in, in your life for that. So why is it that we fear or we resist? We talked a little bit in the last um, uh, segment with Loretta about our resistance to our own fun. and. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that now. We have this thing about drama. We get into that drama, don't we? It makes life much seem much more interesting. Life would be a lot more interesting, I think, if we could sit back and look at the humor of it. But, but we don't look at it that way. Drama has its own draw. And that's why we watch TV and movies and all of that. That has so many drama, dramas there for us to look at. We get all involved in those things because they remind us of our own lives. And certainly there can be a lot of good in that. We can get a lot out of that. So I'm not condemning TV or movies. I really appreciate TV and movies, lots of metaphors and lots of ways we can learn things from other people and lots of ways to just enjoy life through those uh, mediums. But I guess what I would say is when we hold on to drama as a way of saying I won't make any room in my life for levity, we're basically cutting out some of the um, joy of life. We fear our own peace. Marianne Marianne Williamson tells us that that we one of the things we fear the most is our own peace. That seems paradoxical, but it really is true. We fear our own peace because our own peace means that we've tapped into something deeper—that deep river that runs below everything else we seem to be doing in our ego state—and and and we um, we don't want to go there because what? Because that means ending another identification. Very often, that is true. We fear the unknown, and peace is often an unknown to us. And we don't trust lightness. We trust heaviness. We trust sincerity. We trust structure. We trust um, legalization. We trust the things that make things sure and right, and there can be no wrong in them. We distrust levity because it is levity. It's light, and we don't really trust it. But you'll find those people that are really invested in humor, like Loretta LaRoche and, other, and some comedians out there, you'll find that they really do have a very interesting philosophy of life and a very sincere one, and very often are very compassionate people who give a lot to uh, the rest of us. So I don't think we can say that it's black or white. Either you're heavy and drama-laden or you're light and you know life's a big joke. I think there's a mix that we can put those two things together and make the drama in our life more light and make the light in our life more dramatically true. So I think that that's the either-or thinking that we so often get caught up in. You know, the law of attraction that was explained by Abraham Hicks and Rhonda Byrne, and the author of The Secret, it tells us that the more we enjoy our lives today, the more we draw joy into our lives. And the theory is that um, we are magnets and we are drawing to ourselves all those things that we are being. So if I'm being in joy today, then I'm drawing more joy for tomorrow. And what will my joy for tomorrow look like? It will look a lot like the joy I experience today. So we have a motivation then for uh, planning out our future in, by being joyous today the more i appreciate today the more i'm grateful for today the more i can look around and really see what is in today the more i'm really i'm going to create for myself a better future and so i guess that whole law of attraction needs to be thought of in terms of what we can do to reduce the stress in our daily routine the law of attraction means bring more joy well how do how do we do that we're going to talk a lot about that over the next break but i want to give after the next break but I want to give it a start right now and that is that we can begin by asking ourselves what are we grateful for that's one way to be able to just kind of go okay what am I grateful for make a gratitude list and you might find that list is a lot longer than you think and that just kind of sets you free to let go a little bit of so much seriousness another way is to look around That's something we don't often do during our days. You know, the old saying used to be, stop and smell the roses. Well, we don't very often look around. And when we look around, we look around very often in fear. So we're not really capturing what's happening in a moment. You can sit in wherever you are right now and look around the room or around the garden or around the traffic jam you're in or whatever and just take in that moment. Take it in. Look for for beautiful things. Look for ugly things. Look for things that are just there, just present. Smell the smells. Feel the wind on your face. Um, Feel your clothes on your body. Get in touch with the moment. That is a way to begin to really appreciate the fact that you're alive. And what automatically happens then is that the brain opens up to a little more lightness, a little more room for levity. And you might even find in those moments that you're laughing about something you see, something in your room, maybe even something about yourself, that you can laugh at that. You know, some of the wisest people I know are the people that can laugh at themselves. They're people who can look back on their own behavior, admit it, honestly, candidly, openly admit it, and just laugh. And I remember back uh, many years ago when I was young, in my early 20s, and saying, you know, how is it that people can be that candid, that honest? It takes a kind of courageous to be that open. As Loretta Laroche said, we are courageous when we laugh. We're going to talk some more about this after the break. Andrea Matthews, and this is Authentic Living.
3: awakened media for a transforming world 7th wave network i begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance to expect guidance to trust and appreciate when guidance comes with these intentions each day is easier to navigate hi i'm sonia choquette when i decided to trust my guidance and further my education I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health metaphysics Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, (laughs) she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Find out how at pornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council.
1: America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. Skills USA can help. What is Skills USA? Skills USA is life-changing. Skills USA is awesome.
3: Skills USA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. Skills
2: USA is amazing.
3: Skills USA is motivating. SkillsUSA
1: specifically prepares you for the workforce. SkillsUSA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors,
3: to other people in their states. SkillsUSA allows students to connect with
1: business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world,
2: and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life.
1: On the web at skillsusa.org.
0: Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network.
2: And we're back, and this is the last segment of our show, and we're going to spend this time talking about how you can bring more fun and more joy into your life. One of the things you can begin to ask yourself are, what are your fantasies? You know, we think of fantasies as lately as relative only to sex, but really all day every day our mind is creating possible scenarios of any given issue or event. Tune into those. Sometimes in these fantasies you'll be the hero, sometimes the villain, sometimes the victim, etc. Your fantasies can tell you all about your fears. They can tell you all about your mantras, and they can tell you all about your joys. Are you fantasizing about um, swimming? Are you fantasizing about taking a vacation? Are you fantasizing about going in the hospital? Sometimes I find people fantasizing about going in the hospital, people that are stressed out, depressed, anxious, worried, having a lot of catastrophes in their lives. The fantasy is that they're going to be in a hospital when we explore that fantasy in therapy, what we've learned is they really want to be somewhere where they can just be taken care of. They don't really want to be sick. They don't really want people coming in every hour and puncturing them and, and uh, checking their vital signs and all of that. They want somebody to take care of them. And what is that? Maybe they've been not ever had anyone do that. Maybe that means that they just want to be able to ask for a little attention. I don't know what it is. It's different for each person. But those fantasies can be explored for all kinds of material that can give you some direction, and one of those is the direction to your joy. When we're fantasizing about a career option, for example, that we'd love to do, something we'd really love to do, but we tell ourselves, oh, I could never do that or that won't ever happen because whatever, what we're saying is I'm going to squash my own authentic design for my own life. And, of course, in the process, we're squashing our joy, too. So it's important for us to tune into those fantasies that happen every day and ask ourselves, what are they telling us? Are they telling us of our fears? Are we fantasizing about horrible things happening? Um, Certainly parents can get into those kind of fantasies. You know, your child walks out somewhere on a balcony or something, and you might be thinking, well, are, are the rails good what if my child falls off the balcony, you know, and there's a what if that goes with that fantasy. So it's telling us about our fears. Um, uh, they can also tell us about our mantras. What do we tell ourselves every day? If you're in your fantasy you're telling yourself that you're a victim, then perhaps that's part of your mantra, that life is just a big city hall and, you know, you can't fight city hall. And so it's important for us to really tune into those. They give us lots of information. Another method you can use is to look back over your life and ask yourself when you felt joy. I want you to look back right now over your life and see if you can highlight some times in your life when you really felt truly joyous, truly happy, or had a lot of fun, however you want to frame that. When did you have a belly laugh? When did you feel delicious, body-warming, mind-releasing joy? When was that? What were you doing? Who were you with? Where were you? All of those things are important questions to ask. Where we are is place. Place means a lot to our souls. Our souls need to find a place on this planet that feels like home to us. And so we'll seek those places out. Now, sometimes we can get in the habit of jumping from place to place to place to place, looking for home, and really home's inside of us but we also have a certain aspect of ourselves that resonates with certain places on the planet. Some people like warm places. Some people like cold places. It's yours. It's individual. So looking back over your life, where were you when you were having joy? Who were you with when you were having joy? What were you doing when you were having joy? All of those things matter, and they might even give you some direction for the next step you want to take in your life. Do you want to turn it around? Make it better, make it happier, make it higher, make it more principled, whatever. You can do that if you tune in and listen to to your own memories because they have information there. What makes you laugh? You know, people have different kinds of senses of humor. It's not true for everybody that uh, everybody laughs at the same kind of thing. In high school, we're taught that if you're not laughing at what's cool that everybody else laughs at, then you're not cool. And we still have somewhat of a high school mentality even as we grow up. And grow way beyond high school. We tend to carry that idea with us that if that if I'm not laughing at what Sally or Joe is laughing at, then there's something wrong with me. Or if Sally or Joe are not laughing at what I'm laughing at, then there's something wrong with them. But that's not really true. We all have a different kind of sense of humor, and, and we tend to resonate with the people whose sim, whose senses of humor are similar to ours. So what makes you have a big belly-rolling laugh? Is it slapstick? Is it sarcasm, such as is done by the British uh, comedians? Is it intellectual? Is it visceral? Is it, is it the absurd or the all-too-human? Have you ever noticed that things that make you laugh are, are real, a real belly-rolling belly laugh are just telling you about your sense of humor? And those are the kinds of things you need to invite into your life. But if we're questioning our own sense of humor and saying, well, I don't laugh at the same things you know, Sally and Joe do, then there's something wrong with me. Then we're saying, I'm not going to explore to find out what makes me laugh because it might be very different. I know people who laugh when when people fall because it looks funny to them. It doesn't make me laugh, but it makes them laugh, and that's just a different way of looking at perceiving a particular event. So uh, what makes you laugh? There's a comedian on the TV trying to make you laugh, make you laugh. Some people go, oh, he's trying to make me laugh, so I'm not laughing. Um, You know, it's all different for everybody. Everybody's got their own particular sense of humor, and you might resonate with other people that have a similar sense of humor, so that's important. Depression. Look back over your life and ask yourself when you were truly depressed. Now, I want to be clear here. Depression isn't a little sadness. Depression isn't a disappointment. Depression isn't uh, anger. Depression is a, a feeling of energylessness where you just are really don't have much energy. There's not much interest in life. Perhaps there's a weight loss, weight, weight loss or weight gain. Those kinds of things go with depression. So if you look back over your life, when were you really depressed? That also can tell you something about your direction. If you were depressed when you had a job you hated, well, that's informative. What kind of job would you like now? If you were depressed when you were in an abusive relationship, well, that's informative. Maybe you need to get out of the abusive la- relationship. So it's important for us to look back at our, what our emotions are telling us, our laughter and our, and our depression. And depression is not the same as sorrow. Sorrow is grief. Depression is different. So it's important for us to tune in, listen to ourselves, expose those parts of ourselves to ourselves, and explore what makes life lighter. And speaking of that, we're going to talk again next week to Steve Riles, who wrote the book Drunk with Wonder, Awakening to God Within. So we're going to be talking about joy again next week. Tune in, don't miss that show, and just remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.
3: Taking
0: you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network.